I'm Cam. I'm Casey. And we would be hanging out a lot this summer. But are unfortunately separated by quarantine. He's in Maryland. And he's in New Mexico. So we figured we'd start planning the road trip now. Every week we'll pitch a song to create the perfect road trip playlist. And probably veer off topic quite a bit. So this is Cam and, and Casey, Casey across the, the country. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, everybody? It's me and Cameron and... It's JB. I'm here this week. We got a special guest. Special guest. We got a special guest this week. JB Brock. How yeah, you doing? Thanks for having me. I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I'm happy to be on my favorite podcast. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> My first podcast appearance when I got on my favorite one. What are the odds? Sweet. There, there it is. That's the ego boost that we need. That we need. All right. <laughs> well, I feel like we don't need to do an introduction today because the episode is going to be a little bit longer because we got three people. So let's just get right into it today. So today's theme is lyrics, picking the best written songs that we have in our inventory, our favorite lyrics in a song. And JB, do you want to start or do you want us to start? Oh, you guys can go first. I'll feel it out. I'll feel it out. I'll see if I need to change my picks. Okay, cool. Pull a little audible. I like it. I do that every episode. <laughs> I think I've I think I've like got taken one and gotten rid of one almost every episode. I think I have too. I always come to each episode with like a list of like five songs and I just try to feel I try to wait to see like what we're going with. <laughs> Which is smart too right now. I think mine this week are a little bit like more laid back. And legitimately these are my fav I like my the two songs that I think are my favorite lyrics. And they just so happen to kind of be similar and like both sort of relaxed. So that's just the tone that I went for this week. Bold. I like it. Do you wanna do you wanna start off since it's your your theme? Do you wanna do the first one? Sure, I can start off. It's uh my first one is if if we got some longtime listeners uh from a month ago, from our <laughs> first episode, I said that my favorite artist is Frank Ocean. So you know that I had to get a Frank Ocean song in here because he's a very, very good writer. And my favorite song from him is not on Channel Orange, nor is it on Blonde, nor is it on Endless. It's on Nostalgia Ultra, I think technically. And Nostalgia Ultra was never widely released, so it's actually only a single, and it's called Novocaine. And it's just a story that's super clever and interesting and engaging and it's about drugs and that's the song and i forgot to look it up before i started this so I, <laughs> I was gonna say i was like wait are we still playing the song <laughs> all right here we go Girl, i can't feel my face what are we smoking anyway she said don't let the high go to waste but can you taste a little taste novocaine babe. so that's novocaine by frank ocean and i think it's it's my favorite example of storytelling in a song because it's basically just a story. Um, and it feels both personal and impersonal. Uh, I think it was probably one of my first introductions to Frank Ocean, which is weird because I started listening to him when I was like 12. And this is like a really mature song for 12. This is also one of just It's just one of my favorite Frank Ocean songs. I think it's super, super clever. I love the lyrics. And that's why I chose it. Frank Ocean's got a ton of great singles that aren't on his albums. I feel like the 
those might be some of his best songs. I would agree with you totally. I thought DHL was such a good uh, addition one. to his library. In the song, is like the whole song. Like, is there a specific part of the song lyrically that you like the best, or just like the whole the whole thing, the whole um, I song? For some reason, I think it's just the how compelling it is as a uh, story beat. The where he first meets the girl that he's talking about. Um, cause the song's called Novocaine. So it's clearly about, um, drugs and he's talking about the girl saying that she wanted to be a dentist really badly. Um, but to make money, she's doing porn and because she wants to be a dentist, she has access to Novocaine. Like, it's just like very specific. <laughs> um, and it's really, I don't know any sort of like, um, sex work is usually frowned upon and so like adding some sort of like humanizing detail to that is really great um makes them both really sympathetic characters in the in regards to the song so i love i love that line i think that's my favorite part of the song yeah it's a bold choice i feel like topics like that are typically not used in that sense they're typically more kind of flex using flex songs or just kind of like to put women down in general but like just talking about like, you know, doing sex work to like pay for, you know, dental school. I have actually I actually don't know the song very well, <laughs> so I'm just spitballing here. Dude, but... we can talk about sex work. Let's oh. do that. <laughs> the three three <laughs> white twenty year old white guys talking about sex work. Three white guys talking about at four forty two p.m. on a Thursday. <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard someone use sex work in a song in a positive way i guess in a way that isn't like talking down on it it's just not common to talk about at all in any it's always used as a um like a sympathy tool it's like oh like like there's a lot of songs i feel like i I don't know if i could think of one off the top of my head but there's a lot of songs about um like prostitution and things like that and it's like oh this woman had to go into prostitution she didn't have a choice she had to make money for her kids or whatever um and so it's used as like a sad thing but I really like that it's in this song. It's just uh, clearly there's nothing wrong with sex work. So it's clearly just on the same plane. He's like, this is just who she is, who she wanted to be. Um, and she's using it to pay for school. From Frank Ocean. Good job. You did good. Frank Ocean, <laughs> ultimate feminist. I mean, it's like it's like everybody's starting OnlyFans now to make it through quarantine. You got to do what you got to do. Exactly. <laughs> There we go. We got to the core of it. Got to the core. We of the got issue. the OnlyFans part. That's what's really important. Should we start an OnlyFans? <laughs> All contributions made to our OnlyFans will be put to better the podcast. <laughs> no one would pay for our an OnlyFans for us. <laughs> the boys' OnlyFans. <laughs> wow. I have nothing else to say about sex work. <laughs> That's what I got for Frank Ocean. Um, here at Cam and Casey across the country, we are pro sex work. That's what we're That's trying the to say. We're trying to get across really poorly, but we we do. <laughs> I'm surprised that it took until week five to get a Frank Ocean song. If I'm being completely honest, because I feel like Frank Ocean is a staple in any road trip playlist. I wanted to save Frank Ocean at least for a little bit because I want to try my best to not repeat artists. I'm sure I will. There are some great songs, multiple great songs from artists that I love. Um, but I wanted, if I were to only use one, to make it one of my favorites. And Novocaine is definitely in my top five. I approached this week 
um, I think pretty differently. Uh, both songs that I picked are not very clever per se. They're not like the best lyrics I've ever heard. Um, but I chose these songs because I I like these songs because of the lyrics rather than like the sound of the song or um, the melodies. And I'm gonna start off with a push a T song. <laughs> I'm gonna Sweet. go with I'm gonna go with the first verse from the games we play. Um, specifically the second half. I just really love the bar. This is for my bodybuilding clients moving weight. Just <laughs> add water, stir it like a shake. Every time that song plays, I don't know really many other lyrics in this song, but every time he gets to this part, I'm yelling it. I know this part. <laughs> I love it. Um, but the first verse of the song goes hard. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I don't love this song. I like in particular, I like it. Um, but I'm not very caught up on all the beef surrounding it. So I think I'm missing <laughs> the point of it for the most part. But I really, really like this first verse. I've only listened to this album like once or twice, so I'm excited to hear this again. Oh, really? Yeah, it's a great song. I agree. Totally agree. This Sam. is for my bodybuilding clients moving weight. Just add water, stir it like a shake. Play amongst the stars like the roof in the wraith. Get the table next to mine, make our bottle servers race. And I think if you're more into the beef, this song is also much more appreciated. I appreciate it for, obviously, the lyrics I just mentioned. And I do like it as a song, but I feel like I am missing out on a lot because I don't know the whole Pusha T beef <laughs> and uh-huh. what's going on with this song. This is um, the Drake I feel beef, like, right? I'm trying to... I, I think, this is, think so. I think this is him and Birdman and Lil Wayne, if I remember correctly. Oh, <laughs> um okay i'm trying okay. to remember hold on yeah, do you know anything about that beef i am not super familiar it was from way back in the day i think oh i don't remember which way it went but i think one of them accused the other of stealing like their it was like a fashion statement kind of thing like their their look um <laughs> and it's lasted a very very long time um and it's still going on um I know, I know Pusha T and Lil Wayne were supposed to be on a song together, and when Pusha T found out that Lil Wayne was on the song too, he pulled his verse out just re- that was like last Whoa. year. Um, yeah, so that's still going on. I could be incorrect about this song though. <laughs> we'll see. It's JB Brock, beef expert. <laughs> <laughs> that's what. Uh, that sucks. I like Lil Wayne and Pusha T almost equally, so I didn't know that. Shout out to Lil Wayne. I actually like Lil Wayne a lot more, so now I feel bad that I chose a song <laughs> I too. I pushed a team. This but... is directed towards Birdman, if I'm correct. Is Birdman still relevant? Is he like a producer also? Nah, I don't think so. Not really. Okay, cool. I think I only know him from. Honestly, this is going to show how uh, poorly I know my rap history. I honestly think I really only know Birdman from like his appearance on The Breakfast Club. <laughs> Oh, that's crazy. That's a great one. It is a good one. It's a very good episode. The Breakfast Club walked so case in case you cross the country. <laughs> These are facts. The Breakfast Club walked so <laughs> Cam and Casey could trip down the stairs. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, um, <clears throat> I don't really have a lot to say about this song. I just really like that first verse. 
it's a fun little road trip song. Um, unlike my next song, which might dampen the mood a little bit, but I really <laughs> like it anyways. So I'm surprised that you didn't why. pick. Um, I'm surprised you didn't pick infrared, or is that, that's the one that comes at Drake, right? Yeah, well, yeah, a little bit. Um, I think there's one Drake bar in there, and it's mostly Little Wayne. Um, I yeah, honestly almost picked for this episode the Pusha T diss track on Drake. That's great. I think it's so great that Pusha T is getting a lot of traction now. Um, that was a great move. I great move because he's he's amazing. I love Pusha T. Dude, I, I like Pusha T a lot. I don't listen to him all that frequently. There's one. Oddly enough, extremely relevant for today in particular, but this week, um, there's a Pusha T song that I really like called Sunshine. That's like he released right after uh, Freddie Gray and like the Baltimore riots. Mm-hmm. Um, very, very good political anthem song and one of my favorite uh, rap songs. I feel like you know, this tracks and beef really provide some of like the best lyrics and provide such a boon to like the artists involved. Like I feel like so many like so many of Drake's hardest songs are his diss tracks. I feel like I think it's the one it's he crazy. made on Meek. Mill, yeah, back to I back. Think. I think that one is one of his craziest songs, and like it never would have been made if there wasn't beef between the two of them. Back to back is still just one of his best singles and best songs. Period. I feel like I that's agree. coming from a non not a huge Drake fan, but it's coming from two non Drake fans. But we do have a Drake fan. Oh, we have a Drake stand. Oh yeah, Jamie, your thoughts? Oh good. I agree. I think back to back is one of Drake's best songs. It's amazing. Super good. Uh, I actually think Duffy Freestyle, the one that came in Pusha T, is still really good, but it just got smothered by Story of Adidon. So sure. he talks about it anymore. But I love that freestyle. I think it's great. I just think that that uh, it's crazy how Drake basically halted meek mill's career for a couple years and Pusha t didn't do that to drake even though his was better right yeah all right jb uh first introduction of the podcast okay my song going 180 on this one my song is dylan thomas by better oblivion community center i really love this song it's uh phoebe bridgers and connor oberst their band um, I really love them both individually, and I thought this is a great album. And this is kind of the biggest hit off the album, dude. You're gonna—it's funny because you got—you're gonna school us on the music choices. What? <laughs> oh, true. that is not true. We're, we're gonna come in with just like some fun ones. I you like might have heard this song. I feel like this got pretty big. It's not huge. Did it really? I, I think so. Uh, it has nine thousand plays on Spotify. Maybe not that big. All right, let's, um, let's first try it. Nine million. Yeah, so I like this song so much just because I think it has a lot of clever, witty lyrics, and it's fun to have these moody, moody, thoughtful lyrics coming from someone like Phoebe and Connor, um, over kind of a peppy, fun instrumental. I think it's a fun dichotomy. Um, I really love the line in particular about, so sick of being honest, I'll die like Dylan Thomas, a seizure on the ballroom barroom floor. Um, <laughs> I think it's really moody and fun. Um, 
the thing I like most about this line, I, I saw when I was looking it up, somebody pointed out that this is not actually how Dylan Thomas died, which is funny how she's so sick of being honest and then tells a, a <laughs> mistruth about how this guy died. Um, so yeah, I think maybe that was intentional, maybe not, but I, I think there was a lot of a lot of depth to these lyrics and it's it's a fun song yeah yeah this is nice is a uh, better oblivion community center a group of like known artists or is it a band it's two people phoebe bridgers is a solo artist mostly and then connor oberst was the lead singer and i think writer for bright eyes do you guys remember them kind of um so this is their group together yes Okay, cool. I like when um, there are sort of like known artists who have their own group together. Yeah, I like that fusion dance. It's fun. This is very, this is very chill. That's a very uh, different choice than I think either Cam or I would have had, which is nice because I that's okay, not cool. the sort of route that I normally go. I'm um, into. It. I gotta, yeah, I gotta be honest. This actually aligned with my second song. I was Ooh. not expecting. Sweet. I wasn't expecting us to this to go in this direction kind of like the indie alternative route but my next song is also <laughs> indie alternative so i'm kind of glad 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 it's going this way um glad, okay, nice. glad it's yeah. not just a sore thumb what you got yeah sure i'll go next i don't you know what? yeah sure okay here we go let me pull it up real quick because <clears throat> i want to get the lyrics right then my next song um very small artist um they only have one project out um the band's name is ayo river and I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. Um, and their one album is called Failed State. And the song I'm going to go with is called Mercedes. It is such a melancholy little song. The whole album is actually very melancholy. Bay River is just a very sad group of people, I believe. Um, <laughs> oh, once no. again, the first, the first verse, um, just every time. I mean, the whole song gets me every time. Um, but the first verse in particular is just very, just very, it's not really sad as much as just kind of like, oh, like you just kind of, <laughs> you just kind of feel for them. It's not, it's not like the, I don't know. I, I can't really explain it very well, but you just, I think listening to it, you guys will understand what I'm saying, where it's just kind of like, damn, dude, like for real. <laughs> you can, you can tell um, by the album cover for sure. You really can. And the first verse, yeah, it just, it explains everything. All right, let's, uh, let's take a listen. Then. And talk about moody. I thought my song was moody. <laughs> it's the closing. It's the closer that gets me. Because at first you're kind of like, oh, you didn't get invited to a party. Like, oh, well. But then he finishes it off with starting swiping left on Tinder and fantasized about my funeral. <laughs> and you're like, oh, swiping no. left on Tinder is a great line. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, it's a very moody, melancholy song. Um, I personally like listening to this song and this album the most when I'm riding on the metro. Something about feeling <laughs> like I'm in a music video, staring out the window, listening to this. It's just, it all That's goes together super well. Nothing like public transportation and moody music it's a great combo i never would have thought it would be but having done it multiple times it is a perfect combination i think there's a total place for like moody semi-pretentious music because it's one of the music is one of the only places where you can express 
feelings like that in sort of a pretentious way and it feels really natural which i really really like and i also like <laughs> i don't know <laughs> it does work really well in public transportation but since it's on this podcast it is also a really good road trip song <laughs> i feel like i need to make that sure clear. true um mm-hmm. i feel like this song is the beginnings of the group slowing down and not getting into sad songs just yet but getting more into ballads and getting more into the slower kind of drawn out songs um since i'm talking about it i might as well just say it now the theme for next week's episode is going to be ballads yes <laughs> I, I was hoping going, it would be kind of it's a little sadder kind of slower a little sadder in tone <laughs> we're just kind of slowing the whole road trip down a little bit we've done a lot of hype a lot of bangers a lot of high energy and at this point we're about halfway through the first day i believe with episode six about the sixth hour in and things are starting to slow down just a little bit. You guys, this when the sun's going down? I feel like when the sun starts going down on a road trip, that's when you break up the sad songs. Oh, almost certainly, yes. <laughs> the, the, the sadness comes out as soon as the sun sets. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if we started this road trip, like, to be fair, most of, like, I do not like waking up early. <laughs> so we could have <laughs> no. started this road trip at, like, noon stop for a little bit for food and we're about to hit uh peak sunset hours exactly we're hitting early dusk the sun's starting to go down you know everyone's kind of getting lulled we're starting to whip out some ballads everything's just kind of kind of slowing down a little bit we're not sad yet i want to make that clear (laughs) we're not in our bag yet (laughs) but okay so we're not we're not bringing out the like extremely we're not bringing out the like heart wrenchers yet like the really really depressing ones no. they can be yeah, a different week. you know these are this is the time for subtle messages you know <laughs> not the outright like i'm heartbroken i'm sad but these so ones can have a little message in them a little subliminal like ooh, okay cool. <laughs> a little like oh well we've been doing some alternative songs so i'll bring in an alternative song so the band is the neighborhood ooh, and yes. The song is called West Coast. I really like songs that talk about love, but not necessarily a love for a person. So I really, really like that it's about a place, mm. particularly a place that he's from. It makes you think about like your hometown and all the things you associate with it. So I'm in love with this song. Wow, that's a great, <clears throat> that's a great way. I like The Neighborhood a lot, but I have not spent much time listening to their singles or their EPs very much. Um, but I really like this song too. I like The West Coast. It's a great song. I remember we they opened up for Imagine Dragons, Imagine Draggies, right? Imagine Draggies. When uh, Night Visions came out. And so for the Night Visions tour, we went. And the Night Visions tour was a family-friendly tour because there's nothing on Night Visions <laughs> that would say it otherwise. And the neighborhood opened up for them, and they were very loud, and they cursed a lot. And my parents were not happy with that <laughs> <No>. <laughs> because my little sister was there. I've always loved that dynamic of like, a band's opener having a very drastically different theme than uh-huh. the, like the main artist um like when we like went to see dean lewis a while back and he had 
oh, what's his name open for him? Hold on. Let me try to remember this guy's name. Oh, this is embarrassing. <laughs> well, Scott Hellman. He had Scott Hellman open for him. Very, I would go punk rock, maybe? Just loud. <laughs> if you know Dean Lewis, you know, then this is the exact opposite of Dean Lewis. <laughs> and it was just very funny to see the difference between this, like, very high energy, explosive, sad boy energy, followed up by you know, a fairly energetic but much more toned down Dean Lewis. <laughs> I yeah, I love seeing who people pick for their openers. Um that's one of the things that was interesting about the Imagine Dragons concert is that uh post that, the neighborhood I feel like is a lot more critically acclaimed than Imagine Dragons. But at the time Imagine Dragons was huge and they're still pretty big, but critically I don't think they're doing too hot anymore. <laughs> Nickelback passed them the baton of worst band. Dude, I don't like all the hate for Nickelback, okay? Nickelback came out with some bangers, and just because you said that, I'm going to put some Nickelback on the playlist eventually. (laughs) Oh, boy. I also, the older that I get, have, like, started to not believe in guilty pleasures. Like, if you like something, like, you like something. I don't feel guilty about really liking anything, ultimately. I mean, I I do socially, but I try not to. <laughs> Nobody can come think... at the Amazing Spider-Man two. <laughs> Bro, the slander for one of the best Spider-Man movies ever made gets me the... so upset. I'm sorry, <laughs> the best live action Spider-Man movie ever. Made. Live action, <laughs> yes. What? <laughs> Although the Tom Holland ones compete pretty strongly. The, the Homecoming is pretty damn good. Um, I after seeing the Tom Holland ones, I. I would question if Amazing Spider-Man 2 is the best live action. <laughs> but people who say the Tobey Maguire ones are better are just They're wrong. Way I'm better. Say that right now. Wait, They're just wrong. <laughs> the slander for Andrew Garfield. The Green Goblin? <laughs> the slander for Andrew Garfield. He poured his heart and soul into that. What? Come in on. This studio. Dude, okay. The original Spider-Man movies are, like, phenomenal. I... I don't think there's a single bad Spider-Man movie. The Amazing Spider-Man comes close, but the first one is rough. <laughs> the second one is fire, but the first. But even one Spider-Man is Three isn't that bad. It's just goofy and fun. I think yeah, it's hard to go wrong with a character like Spider-Man. Like it's hard to make a bad Spider-Man movie. I feel like, which is why I agree. Like all three have been super successful. I just don't like the fact that Amazing Spider-Man 2 always gets touted as the worst. <laughs> Dude, okay. <laughs> even okay, even if people don't like The Amazing Spider-Man 2, which is a lot of people, <laughs> the first like 10 minutes of The Amazing Spider-Man 2 where he's just swinging through New York and there's like the so broadcast cool. going on and like the colors and the suit. Oh my god, it's the best. It's so it's good. Fantastic. Beautiful. The thing that made me kind of sad was rewatching Far From Home, and it's not quite as good as uh, the first time, I think. I would say I, I think Homecoming is better rewatching it. That's interesting. I haven't rewatched any of the, the like, Tom Holland Spider Man. I've seen them all once, but I don't think I've ever. I don't think I've gone back. I feel like I like Mysterio so much more as the villain I agree. in the second movie. Mysterio, well, Jake Gyllenhaal's a better actor, and Mysterio's a more interesting villain, like, just pe- like to begin with. Yeah. Um, But. The Vulture's motivation is really compelling. Michael Keaton's great. The whole, like, little uh, girlfriend twist is awesome. That was good. That's true. Um, and Far From Home does have that, like, uh, dream sequence, or which is probably one of the oh, best. Yeah. 
uh, my one of my favorite scenes in the entire MCU. That blew me away the first time. I thought it was a great excuse to use CGI because like everything in Marvel looks kind of CGI and it looks a little gummy. And so I liked that it's literally CGI in the rules of the world. So it can look a little bit animated, which I thought was awesome. All right. Final song of the episode. John Brock, one what more, got? Should we round out the indie hits for the day? Let's oh, do it. Yes. Okay. Let's do it. Okay, so my last pick, it, it was, I was torn on this one because I don't, the lyrics aren't my favorite part about the song. They're good lyrics, but they aren't my favorite part about the song. But I figured I'd only have one chance to put a song on the playlist. So <laughs> Easy by Mac Ayers has to be on the road trip playlist. Oh my God. I did not allow it not to be. So yeah, this is that's a my damn favorite. good it's song. Great lyrics, pretty simple, but um, really fun. Really smooth, pretty uh, easy to listen to. I love his analogies. I love the the poker analogy. Oh, it's so good. I really like that. Uh, I don't think that a well written song has to be like super specific or intricate or or even original. Ultimately, it just needs to like work for that song and just be uh mm-hmm. like the perfect message that you want to portray and i think this I think does part that. Of why the song is yeah i think it's so great because like the lyrics fit the instrumental tonally so perfectly um, oh yeah it's a perfect pair this is a nice um i don't know i only know this album um but particularly this song it's a nice sort of like easy introduction to like bedroom pop if people don't necessarily Mm -hmm. like bedroom pop because it's not strictly bedroom pop but it has the um like the lo-fi sound to it and his vocals are definitely like that dreamy quality but it still is a pop song i think the sunken vocals work great yeah and yeah and all the uh i guess they're all probably synthesizers but all the little instrumentations are very bright and cheery I'm not sure. Yeah, maybe. I like how a lot of times, like when making songs like that, a lot of people get into this kind of mindset of you don't want your songs to sound like they were made on a computer or you don't want it to come through and sound too perfect because then it's like very clearly obvious that they're all like MIDI files in some sound design software instead of like a recording of someone actually playing the instrument. But I think in these kinds of songs i think you called it bedroom pop it fits the theme so much better when it does sound perfect when it does sound like it this probably was computer generated and all the sounds sound exactly the same they have the same note velocity they have the same exact duration of time it's just it sounds almost too good to be true in a sense and i think that works really well with the genre i love how smooth it sounds and i love that it's essentially mistake free throughout like every note is perfectly quantized and while it doesn't sound like it's a recorded instrument i think it sounds better in this genre as much as people like to make fun of bedroom pop i love bedroom pop and i think a lot of people make fun of it because it's easy to make fun of it because it's like really formulaic and there's a very specific tone it's interesting which artists have 
like a particular sound and a particular formula and how it's received because like this is pretty well received as far as i know like no one's really clowning this for like the way it sounds but then you have artists like the baby where an entire project sounds the same throughout and he just gets clowned for it <laughs> like mm. without any hesitation and i guess I can understand. I feel like I'm more in the camp of like you shouldn't just have an album full of the same song. As much as I like that the baby album, it is kind of ridiculous how they all sound the same. But it's interesting how some genres that's way more important to have a distinct sound throughout your projects than in other genres. Are you referring to that the new the new one? The new the baby album? Yeah, it's um it's his second newest. It's the one where he's holding his uh his kid on the is it is it kirk i think that one's oh, kirk. oh yeah yeah. Um, yeah yeah that one um, sounds like every song is very similar to the point that it got mocked on oprah's bank account by <laughs> himself by yadi and himself but i think his newest one he does switch it up a bit more because i remember he got praised a lot for having like a new flow which i have not listened to all of yeah, it on baby yeah, so i don't yeah. know but i've heard he switches it up a bit I much prefer Kirk to blame it on baby, honestly. Okay. Blame it on so you yeah, like the... I felt like I felt like baby blame it on baby was a little bit of a regression. Um I still because I think Baby on Baby up? is the best to baby album. <laughs> um <laughs> Baby on I baby. don't think he switched it up nearly enough. Um it's it feels pretty manufactured to me. That was the vibe I was getting from it. Uh, Kirk is also a lot more personal than Blame It On Baby. Blame It On Baby kind of felt like it was rushed out to have something for quarantine. Little <laughs> sense that I got. I could be completely off base with that. Hot take. But, uh, <laughs> that's how I felt about it. I would agree. From what I've listened to so far, I like Kirk a lot better than Blame It On Baby. And I think for the most part, a lot of people did like Kirk when it came out. But mm -hmm. I saw much more criticism for Kirk about the way it sounds the same throughout than there was praise for just how it was as an album. And he especially, I think the baby is most known, at least right now, for having a specific formula, for having a specific sound. And that just doesn't seem to fly with hip hop artists as much as it does for like pop artists or dare I say lo-fi because lo-fi pretty much always sounds the same in my opinion but <laughs> you know it's funny I actually I I don't know if I'm if this is a disagreement but I feel like it's almost it almost happens when a hip-hop artist crosses over into pop is where the problems start to arise because I feel like mm -hmm. DaBaby had that standard one flow and it was going great until about Kirk that was when people started to rag on him for it um which was when he crossed over into more mainstream popular music instead of just doing his mixtapes that were a little bit uh lower production and that's good, I, I think was, that's how it works better in that format was baby on baby his first album like not a mixtape project really first album. i don't know what the distinction is honestly um I think it might have, or maybe, uh, yeah, maybe, one or first or second, something like that. 
but it was definitely still in that kind of underground vibe like it didn't feel high production all the beats were very skeletal um and then that all changed with kirk and he got big if kirk was like his second or even like third like album and not a mixtape and it sounds just like the first two or the first one that people might be getting kind of tired because like the first album you put out if it has the same flow throughout you're like that's just the artist flow like okay that's what you want the project to sound like but if you release a second and even like a third album with like the same flow for like all 10 to 15 songs i could see how fans would kind of be like <laughs> you know a little bit upset being like you want to mix it up a little bit maybe change how you sound just because it's been several projects in a row with the same sound but I do agree with you that I think a lot of times crossing over into the realm of pop and radio hits kind of um, like flattens an artist's creativity and diversity in the way they sound. Mm, because yeah. pop has a very distinct sound. If you want to make a radio banger, it has the same sound as every other radio banger. <laughs> yeah. Sounds good. Anything anything else you want to get off your chest for the podcast, for the public? Any hot music takes, JB? I'm sure this is not going to be your last time on the podcast, but is there any? Oh, really? Definitely not. Back. You could come <laughs> back. We can oh, return yeah. guests. Oh, yeah. Anything okay, you want to say cool. to the people, the yeah. 10 listeners that we got? Yeah, yeah. Thanks for listening, you guys. Thanks. Thanks for coming out. I appreciate it. We really appreciate it. Yeah, we're Shout getting out to uh... all 10 of you. We love all of you. Dude, we're getting a, we're getting like a, a lot of – we're getting a – a good amount of plays and i'm really happy about the people that are like taking their time to listen to this so thank you everybody for listening um this is just a fun thing that we wanted to do and if you're taking time out of your day to listen to us make sure to come back next week where we talk about ballads our special dude make sure to come back next week where we rip our hearts out all right that's the episode and uh thanks for listening guys